God, I pray that you will just fill this place with your presence um, because there is nothing else like you. And I pray that you will just continue to be with us in your name. Amen. Welcome to Anastasia. We have some boring announcements for y'all. Hello? Is this thing on? Can anyone hear me? We're good? All right. Good morning, church. How are we doing? Come on, we can do better than that. How are we doing? All right. So um, anyone new here, we want to get to know you. So we have this number on screen. You can text that um, and or call us. You can also meet us. Um, meet us uh, at the welcome desk. So we have, we also have a congregational meeting today at four. Um, Everyone's invited. Uh, You can get to know what, what goes on in the church. So I'll hand it over to Julia. Thank you, Alex. My name is Julia. I'm the college young adult minister here. And um, thank you so much for joining us in worship. Let's give it one more time for our worship team. Plus Sam Thigpen, guest appearance over there, our bass player called out. So Sam, um, jack of all trades, jumped up there. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't say that in 49 years, 51 weeks, and one hour, we will be celebrating our 100th anniversary as a church. Um, We were so blessed to be able to celebrate 50 years last week with y'all. What an accomplishment, what a testimony of the faith of this church. Um, So we will see you at the next one, hopefully. Um, Also, a few things going on. This week, we will not have our normal Wednesday night activities. We are celebrating our volunteers with team night. Um, We hope if you pour into this church that you will make it a priority to be there Wednesday night. And the following week is spring break. So you have two weeks to, rest and recharge and we will see you the week after that and um, with that we have a video that we're going to show So that was just a little um, bit of what we do for our college young adult students. Like um, Alex and Charles have said, we are the well. We um, cater towards 18 to 25 year old adults. So if you fit that age bracket and you've been curious, like what is the well, what does that mean? I just wanna encourage you, we meet Tuesday nights here in the CLC and it's an awesome time to get plugged in. Here at our church, discipleship making is one of our core values. And so we're gonna talk about this this morning. Um, One thing I love about working with college students is that they are all in. They are all in, they love Jesus, they are on fire for him, and they're very authentic in their faith. They're not here to play games or mess around. They know Jesus and they want others to know Jesus. 
And it's just like the best opportunity that I get to pour into their lives and be a part of that. So I've invited some of our young adult students up here and we're just gonna talk to you about what it means to be disciple makers and what it means to be discipled. And they, um, we're gonna, I'm gonna ask them some questions. It's a little different than we normally do our Sunday morning message, but I just wanted to give them a voice and an opportunity to share with you how other people have poured into their lives and how they are pouring into other people's. So um, with that, why don't y'all introduce yourselves. Hello, I'm Nate, um, I'm 21. I have lived in San Augustine uh, about a year now, and I am currently enrolled at uh, Trinity Baptist College in Jacksonville. Uh, hello, church. I'm Noah. I am 20, and I'm originally from Tennessee, and uh, I'm currently a sophomore at Flagler. Hi, everyone. My name is Rachel. Um, I graduated from Flagler a few years ago, but I decided to stay in St. Augustine because I love it so much. And I work full time as a travel coordinator in a business in town. And I work here at the church part time doing um, social media and photography. So if you see me on a Sunday, I'm probably running around with the camera. Um, so one of the first things I really wanted them to share and just to ask them is um, who is someone that has poured into your life? Who's someone that's made an impact and just helped you in your faith walk? So immediately I thought of uh, my grandfather. Um, he is uh, no longer with me. Um, he's no longer with us, but there he is on the screen. Uh, he's the, uh, I, that's my grandfather. <laughs> I love him very much. And he, uh, throughout his entire life, he, he was a man of God. He uh, led Sunday schools and he, um, he just, he was always a man of faith and always led our family that way and into Christ. But uh, probably the most that I saw, like when I really saw Christ through him is uh, he actually got diagnosed with uh, stage four pancreatic cancer in 2016. And um, it was, it was hard on, on me and my family and, and it was hard on him, but it never, I never saw his faith waver. I never saw his faith uh, go away. He, he loved Christ. In fact, I think he loved Christ more, even in the fact uh, of, that, uh, of that time and, and through all the chemo and through all the, uh, the hardships, he still loved God and he still pointed me to Christ uh, in, in those moments and seeing him um, even at the hospital, talking to the nurses and the doctors about Christ. It was, it was just so, uh, what's the word? It was just amazing <laughs> to see. And it was, it was definitely an example that I wanted to follow. And uh, a few verses that I think really um, exemplify this is in uh, First Philippians, uh, First Philippians, only Philippians, Philippians one, uh, the end of verse eighteen, all the way to twenty-one. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this was turned out for my deliverance. As the eager, my expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but with the full courage now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by left by life or by death for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And really at the end of my grandfather's life, that's really what it was. If he got to live, it was for Christ. But if he did die, it was for gain. I truly and uh, believe that he's in heaven with uh, Jesus right now. So I love my grandpa. <laughs> saw God in the spirit work through Wesley 
too. Like, he just kind of sat down with me and was like, hey, how will we meet at this, like, coffee shop at 10 at night and just kind of talk and just see what's going on. And I really saw God and the Spirit work through him to get to me. And that reminds me of kind of like how uh, in Galatians, Paul uh, saw the, he first went to the Galatians and gave them the message and they accepted it and then he left. And then he ended up coming back and he was like, what's going on guys? Like, why aren't you doing what like, God has told you to do? Why aren't you living godly lives? And that's pretty much what happened with me. I grew up in the church and then I just kind of found myself slowly getting out of it. And then I saw Wesley, Wesley really stuck with me and made sure that I was getting back into it. And it reminds me in Galatians seven through nine, it says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you? to keep you from obeying the truth. That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. And so yeah, that's just, I just really saw God and the Spirit work through Wesley. So I was very lucky to grow up in a very loving and encouraging family. Um, that encouraged me in my walk with Christ um, all throughout my life. But someone who made a really big impact on me was actually my youth minister, Michelle Hundley. Um, And I think the reason she encouraged me so much was just because she had such an outpouring of love for all of her students. She treated all of us like her own kids. She was always at our sporting events, extracurricular activities, answering any questions that we might have had and just really encouraging us to make our faith our own. Um, So stepping out from what our parents' faith was and really forming our own relationship with Christ. And she actually also encouraged me to go and study youth ministry at Flagler. So I went and I studied youth ministry at Flagler and I have a degree in youth ministry. So one thing that really encouraged me about each of their testimonies is there was someone that was intentional that poured into them, that saw where they were going and knew that they, God had called them to pour life into them and to disciple them. And so I just kind of asked them before, like, what were the qualities and those people that helped you grow in your faith? What was it about them that inspired you and helped you? So Nate. Um, the word that came direct, uh, instantly to my mind was endurance. Um, and speaking again of my grandfather, he uh, endured uh, through a lot of pain and a lot of suffering, and, uh, but he continued in the faith and he continued to um, just tell others about Jesus and in the midst of that. And um, it was just amazing to see him do that. And then also, I mean, another example is my parents. Um, uh, my mom and dad were youth pastors for six years, I think it was, six years at our old church and uh, they endured. <laughs> they endured through all the youth <laughs> and all the trips and all the services and all the, the camps and the retreats and you know, my, my dad had a full-time job, and at the time, my mom um, ended up getting really sick, but they, they endured, and they continued to follow the faith, and, and you can see the fruits of the labor with the entire youth group today, so endurance really was a, was a big part of all that, and um, a good verse that when I think of endurance is in uh, Hebrews 12, um, 1 through 2, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight 
and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And that's, those verses are exactly how my parents and how my grandfather lived their life, and it's how I want to live my life with uh, endurance and to not give up on, on my faith in Jesus. Lastly, the first word that comes to mind is persistence, because uh, when we first started talking, I, I wanted to prove him wrong so badly, but he was just so level-headed and persistent with me, and then like, God eventually got through to me through him, it's weird to say. Um, but the, the verse that reminds me of that is in Titus. Where it says, rather, he must be who is self-controlled. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught, so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Um, so a quality that I greatly admire in Michelle and other people in my life was just um, love. And a love that's unconditional. Um, I think a lot of times we find it so easy to just love people who we get along with and do things and expect something in return. And that's not really what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to love freely and love without expecting anything in return. Um, and as I got older... I realized that not a lot of people grew up in that unconditional loving environment that I did. And so um, just seeing that in someone like a youth pastor or a youth minister like I had with Michelle was just really inspiring. And it really reminds me of Luke um, chapter 6, verse 35. And it says, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Um, so it's just a really great reminder to not only love others that we get along with and see eye to eye with, but just have an unconditional love for everyone, um, even those who maybe hurt our feelings or we don't see eye to eye with. So one thing I would be remiss if I didn't say is that so much of what happens at our church on Sunday mornings is because we have a great group of young adults who pour into this church and into this community. And when you walked in, you may not have noticed that it was a different worship team because so many of them serve on the worship team. Um, Gina is up in the tech booth and I promised her I would not embarrass her, but here we go. Our young adults run our tech ministry. They're helping out with children. They are all across this campus making a difference. And so I, the last thing I wanted them to talk about was um, now that you've been discipled into, now that someone's shown you how to love, how to be persistent, um, how are you doing that in the lives of others? And really, how does that tie back to your community? Because community is such an important role in helping us to be discipled and to disciple others. Yeah, so I'm going to start off with the community part because that is, uh, that is just essential um, as a believer. Uh, we all went through COVID. It was awful. And uh, I was alone for a lot of COVID. Uh, my mom, again, like I said, was sick. And uh, we had to quarantine for her to 
really, we just, we weren't sure, especially at the beginning about the virus and everything. So I was really alone in my, in, in my faith and in my walk. And, and I got to a pretty, pretty rough spot um, over COVID. But I remember I, uh, I came here uh, last year, actually, around this time, and I was able to get plugged in with the well. And uh, it was just, I, <laughs> I, I would not be where I am today without the well and without these amazing people who have just loved me and who have poured into me and who have uh, really built me up. And, and it's in the well that I was able to uh, resurrender my life and uh, really um, give my life back to, to Christ and to uh, fully embrace the call to ministry that he had for me a long time ago. Um, and am now able to attend Trinity Baptist College uh, in the major of trying to become, become a pastor. So uh, I really have to give that all to, to the well and to the, this amazing woman right here, Julia, and all my friends that I've made. Um, and, uh, and my journey to, to go to school, um, you don't necessarily have to go to school to be a minister, but I went to school to be a minister because I uh, truly felt the call. And also uh, from these verses in Galatians, uh, this is talking about, this is after Paul, um, well, Saul on the road to Damascus becomes Paul. And, uh, but before he goes on these amazing missionary journeys that we always talk about and how amazing, and like all these amazing things that Paul did through Christ, um, before that, uh, in Galatians um, 1, 15 through 18, but when he, had fir- when he had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia, then returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem. So in in this text, um, Paul goes away for three years. It's not that he just goes away. He goes away to study and really understand the word, understand the word now with Jesus because he was a scribe and he did understand the word very well as a a Pharisee, but now he understood it even more in the uh, revealing of Christ to him. And I believe this passage is really speaking of, of me and all of us, we were set apart before we were born and we are all caught by his grace to, to live for him. So I think I can speak for all three of us. It's like the well has been such a great and immersive community to be in. I mean, nothing, there's nothing better than being in a group uh, of worshipers
as outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. And that's just, that's just so important about discipleship. Like, when I came here, I was, I was just so welcomed by everyone here. And it's just, people were exemplifying how Christ wants us to act. So, yeah. <laughs> So I've always really enjoyed meeting new people and talking with new people, um, and that's a great way to build relationships with people. And through that, I've found I'm really able to disciple towards others based off of those relationships that I have with them. Um, and so that's why love is a really great gateway for that. Um, in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, it says, a new commandment I give to you is that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Um, love is one of our greatest commandments. We're taught to love others, like I said earlier, that we get along with, and maybe those that we don't see eye to eye with. And a great way that this is showcased in the Bible is the sense of community with Jesus and his disciples. And so that's why it's really important for us to live in community as well. Um, it's really important to give love, but it's also important to allow those who you admire in their faith um, give you love. You cannot pour from an empty cup. And so I've been so blessed in this church to have people at the well and the elder family and the Murray family really pour into my life. And so I've been able to do that to others. I am so fortunate to volunteer with the youth group every Wednesday night. I have the ninth and 10th grade girls in my group and I admire them so greatly. I admire all those students so much and just what they're doing is amazing. And so, um, but I've had a great relationship with them because I've loved for them, I've cared for them, I keep in contact with them. So um, yeah, just keep pouring into others and allowing others that you trust to pour into you as well. So church family, I hope you've been encouraged by them. If you are not already discipling, pouring into the next generation, I just want to encourage you to do that, to seek that. As you can see from their examples and just celebrating 50 years, 50 years did not happen without people that were selfless and pouring into others. And we get to be the voice in their lives and help them in their faith journey. And it's just the hugest blessing that I um, get to be a part of. And it kind of reminded me of when we look at the story of Moses and Moses wandered through the desert and God told him he was never gonna be able to make it into the promised land, but that Joshua would be able to cross into the promised land. And what's so special about that is that Moses had discipled Joshua. He poured into him, he trained him up so that when Joshua and when Moses passed away and Joshua was able to step foot finally into the promised land, it was because Moses had already poured into him and carried on that life of faith. And Joshua in his generation is considered one of the greatest generations of believers in Israel's history because of the mark that Moses and those leaders had poured into them. Imagine having Moses as your mentor and your disciple maker. But I wanna caution us as a church is that after Joshua passed away, uh, I'm going to read here in Judges. It says, when Joshua 
dismissed the people, the people of Israel went each to his inheritance to take possession of the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great work that the Lord had done for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110 years. And they buried him within the boundaries of his inheritance in the hill country of Ephraim, north of the mountain of Gash. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. Church, we cannot raise up a generation that does not know the Lord. And that's my challenge to y'all. That's my challenge to me is that we will continue to pour in that generation after generation will come to know and love Jesus and that we will be the biggest part of that because if we don't do it, God's gonna send someone else. So I pray that God will use us in our church so that generation after generation, we will have healthy believers. I'm gonna pray as our worship team um, comes up here. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I love this church family with all my heart. Lord, I thank you for Nate and Noah and Rachel. I thank you for the boldness in their faith, how they um, are not ashamed of you or your word. And Lord, I just pray that um, you will continue to work in their lives. And Lord, I pray that as a church, we will continue to come alongside of them, that we will continue to pour into the next generation so that we can continue in the faith for all of our days and for those days beyond. We love you, Lord. Amen.
thank each and every one of you guys for coming today. It's been a pleasure serving you guys. So with that being said, hope you all have a great day. Thank you.